presented by Emergent. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghumana Valen. A preview of Merrick Garland's congressional hearing, plus a bipartisan response to East Palestine. Here are the big things we're watching on Wednesday, March 1st. As House Republicans ramp up their investigation into alleged politicization of the Justice Department, Attorney General Merrick Garland will use his opening statement at a congressional hearing today to defend the integrity of his workforce. Speaking at the Senate Judiciary Committee, Garland will emphasize how DOJ officials have worked to combat violent crime and hate crimes, to assist Ukraine officials in defending democracy, and to according to an excerpt shared with Playbook, protect reproductive freedom. Then comes the hard part. Following his opening statement, Garland will be grilled on several issues his department has notably avoided discussing. He'll face questions about the status of the special counsel probes of Trump's and Biden's handling of classified materials, as well as the ongoing investigation into the January 6th Capitol riot. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan's subpoena concerning the DOJ's handling of parent protests and disruptions at school board meetings comes due at 9 a.m. today. Should Garland refuse to comply, he could face queries from Jordan's GOP Senate allies. Lawmakers from both parties are expected to probe Garland about the curious case of former FBI agent Charles McGonagall, who stands accused of taking money from a Russian oligarch, a situation that's prompting concern about whether the DOJ can police itself. And he may well find himself fielding a question or two about the origins of the COVID-19 virus after FBI Director Christopher Wray confirmed yesterday in a Fox News interview that the agency has concluded the pandemic originated with a lab leak and accused the Chinese government of doing its best to thwart and obfuscate the origins probe. Bipartisan group of six senators today will introduce the Railway Safety Act of 2023. It's legislation aimed at preventing a repeat of the toxic firestorm in East Palestine, Ohio, that followed the February 4th derailment of a chemical train. Playbook co-author Rachel Bade is here to break it down. How goes it, Rachel? Good morning, Ragu. Uh, so what do you know about who's behind the bill? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a group of odd legislative bedfellows. We can definitely say that. I mean, I don't think you can come up with senators from the same state who are more opposite than Sherrod Brown and J.D. Vance. Uh, Sherrod Brown is obviously uh, very much a progressive. J.D. Vance hugged Trump very close to win uh, his Senate campaign. And yet these two are taking the lead on this bill to increase rules and regulations on the rail uh, way industry, uh, the railroad industry. And they're going to be joining with Bob Casey and John Fetterman, who are both Democrats from Pennsylvania, and Marco Rubio, a Republican from Florida, and Josh Hawley, another Republican from Florida. And just to sort of reiterate, I mean, Vance is not the only one who's close with Trump. Marco Rubio is, Josh Hawley is. And if you remember back from just a few years ago, you know, if you cover at all uh, transportation policy, Trump actually rolled back a lot of these rules and regulations uh, on the railroad industry. And so it's interesting to see these guys not only working with progressive Democratic members, but also being Trump supporters who are going against him on this particular issue. Uh, so what do you know about what's in the bill itself? A couple things, Raghu. First of all, 
train companies are going to be required to notify states when they are carrying hazardous materials across state lines. This is to sort of give officials a heads up in case an accident were to happen, that officials could sort of go in right away to clean up the uh, the incident before it spreads to impact local populations as it did in East Palestine, Ohio. Um, they're also going to be requiring that railroad companies put at least two crew members on these uh, these trains. Uh, and that's interesting because Obama, President Obama had actually tried to institute a rule doing just that, but Trump actually reversed it, mm. saying that, you know, the rail, railroads could use just one person. Now, this bipartisan group of lawmakers are saying they need to have at least two, and there's even questions about requiring even more. Um, they're also talking about doing new rules on the size and weights of weight of trains and increasing monitoring for these, they call them wheel bearings. Basically, uh, in this derailment in East Palestine, one of the wheels uh, caught fire because it increasingly grew hotter and hotter and hotter until it sparked and then the derailment happened. Basically, these lawmakers want to make sure something like that doesn't happen and that if it starts to heat up past a temperature where it's safe, that it is caught in time to keep an explosion from happening, to keep something like this from happening again. And then the last part of this bill uh, is going to actually increase fines and penalties for the rail industry should they not listen to these new rules and regulations. So it's definitely a pretty substantial bill, and it's particularly noteworthy because a lot of times we've seen Republicans be opposed to these sorts of rules and regulations, Mm -hmm. and right now you're seeing a bipartisan support for them. Um, There's one thing you mentioned that I thought was interesting, how um, the three Republican senators um, kind of teaming up on this bipartisan bill are all close with Trump. You know, when you look at the politics around this bill, around the East Palestine situation, there's kind of this like shifting blame game, right? Like Democrats are pointing at, you know, the Trump administration rolled back regulations. The GOP is saying like, hey, look, it's the Biden administration right now. This is kind of their situation. I don't know. Maybe there's something at play there where it's like the only way something could pass is if six senators get together and make sure no one gets the blame afterward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will say that that's probably the most surprising thing about this announcement this morning. I mean, I was not expecting a phone call last night about this issue and that there would be sort of this bipartisan bill being introduced today. And that, that's specifically because of the tenor of the discussion surrounding the East Palestine uh, derailment. I mean, like, everybody is blaming the other side. Um, I mean, as you just mentioned, we've heard uh, Marco Rubio actually call for Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to resign over this issue. And now he's introducing bipartisan legislation um, that actually takes into account some things that Buttigieg actually says that he wants to see to protect uh, people in the future. Um, You have House Republicans who are already saying they're going to do investigations of the Biden administration and how they have handled this. You have Republicans grilling Buttigieg for taking, what, three weeks to visit the affected area. Um, And then, as you mentioned, the Biden administration keep you know, keeps pointing back to to Trump and what he did. So, you know, amid all this blame game, I really wasn't expecting this sort of bipartisan kumbaya moment. Mm. And yet the call came in last night. And I, I do think it shows that in spite of all the finger pointing, people are trying to look at a way to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. I mean, the reality is 
on the ground right now, you have folks in Ohio who are afraid to drink the water, um, who are concerned about crop production and whether their crops are going to be tainted and, and toxic. Are they able to, to even plant? And if they can plant, will they grow and can they eat them? And then, of course, there's the long-term health uh, implications of that area. People are worried about, you know, things like headaches and things that they're noticing now in, in their daily lives that they feel like they didn't notice before. And they're wondering if it has something to do with all the chemicals in this small town. Uh, so people are scared. And I think that the fact that you're seeing, you know, a bipartisan movement on this is frankly surprising, but very clearly needed to make sure something like this doesn't doesn't happen again. Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. President Joe Biden will deliver remarks on Julie Sue's nomination to be Labor Secretary, with Vice President Kamala Harris also in attendance. At 11.25, Biden will depart the White House en route to the Department of Homeland Security. At noon, Biden will deliver remarks at DHS's 20th anniversary ceremony. The House will meet at 9 a.m. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. to consider judicial nominations. At 4 p.m., the Senate will vote on a House-passed bill that would repeal a Biden administration policy that enables investment managers to factor climate change and social goals into retirement savings decisions, and a motion to invoke cloture on a judicial nomination. House Democrats will head to Baltimore today for their caucus retreat, a three-day event headlined by Biden, who will speak at 6 p.m. this evening. The president is expected to rally his party behind an expected budget plan set for release next week and continue to bruise the GOP for proposed cuts to spending that Democrats say will hurt Americans. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghubman Ovalin. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. From emerging viruses, to the risk of chemical or biological attacks, to the ongoing crisis of opioid overdose, public health threats can arise anywhere, at any time. That's why Emergent has spent 25 years developing, manufacturing, and delivering protections against the things we hope never happen, just in case they ever do. Find out how Emergent perceives, prepares, and protects against public health threats at EmergentBiosolutions.com.